Well, please stand, uh, people of God, for the reading of God's Word. The sermon text this morning is from Philippians chapter 4, it's verses 4 to 7, and you can find that on page 982 if you're using one of the church Bibles. So this is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. This is God's Word. It is His inerrant Word. It is His infallible Word. It is very important that we listen carefully. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And please be seated. Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, I pray that you would please be with me, that you would give me the words to speak, that I would speak clearly and powerfully by the grace of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would open up the hearts of all who hear this morning and give them grace, give them strength, give them repentance and faith and joy in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I pray it all in his precious name. Amen. Well, about 35 years ago, there was a very popular song, and uh, maybe it's particularly uh, fitting that we're in an elementary school building this morning, because I remember this song from elementary school. It was not just a popular song, but it was the kind of song that people saw fit to play over and over and over for elementary school children. I, I don't remember this song particularly fondly for some reason, but it's always really stuck in my head. It seemed, uh, maybe even for me at the time, to be somewhat empty. Maybe you'll know this song if you're my age or older. Maybe you'll remember it, but the, the name of the song was Don't Worry, Be Happy. Kind of a catchy song. Um, about how to deal with your troubles in life. Don't worry, just be happy. That was, that was the, the theme of the song. Right? And I, I think I can see why they would play that over and over for elementary school children. The thought was, I suppose, that uh, we can get all of these little, uh, these little children who uh, perhaps are squabbling on the playground and, and, uh, uh, and not behaving in class to just be happy and, and everything will be great. Right? And, and that song, I, for some reason, seemed to resonate with many people uh, as a way to deal with their troubles. And in a certain sense, that could almost be the, the theme of the sermon this morning. Don't worry, be happy. And yet, at the same time, it's essentially the opposite of the theme of this sermon, really, deeply and truly. Don't worry, be happy. That was all there was to it, right? How, how should you deal with troubles in life? How should you deal with uh, pain and, and sadness and difficulty? Well, just don't worry about it. Just be happy. And that was all there was to it. There was actually no reason for us to be happy, right? It's just find it within yourself to, to be happy. And really, that's all the world has to offer. Just Try 
to not think about it, I guess. Try not to think about the difficulties in life. Just be happy. What I want to say to you this morning and what God is saying to us in his word is not actually don't worry, be happy, but rather don't worry, be joyful. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is near at all times. He's near to you when you need him. Don't worry, be joyful because you have the open ear of your God and you can bring all of your worries and your troubles to him in prayer. Don't worry, be joyful because in the Lord Jesus Christ you will find a peace that is above your ability to even understand. You'll find a peace that will guard your hearts and will guard even your thoughts in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we actually see a very strong reason, in fact, the only reason, to be joyful in life and to not worry is, is this grace that comes to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And those really are my three points uh, that I just mentioned there, right? Is to not worry, to be joyful because the Lord is near. That will be our first point. To not worry and to be joyful because we have the open ear of our God in prayer. And to not worry and to be joyful because of the peace that surpasses knowledge that comes to us in Christ. This is... Brothers and sisters, the only possible way that we can find unshakable joy in life, joy that is not dependent on our circumstances, it's not dependent on how we feel even, it's not dependent on how things are currently going for us, but that it's actually unshakable joy. It was fitting that the reading of God's law was rejoice always. Because it's, it's not something that we're called to do as Christians when we feel like it or when things seem to be going well even outwardly or things are going the way we want. As Pastor Belan just said, uh, we can focus so easily on all the things we don't have and all the things that don't seem to be going the way we want. And yet we have that actual command from God is to rejoice always, no matter what. Well, I hope at the end of this sermon, you'll see some very strong reasons for you to rejoice always. So first of all, we are called to rejoice because the Lord is near. Right? Happiness, uh, this is a, the, the definition that the, the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle gives. He says, happiness is the end at which all actions aim. Everyone wants to be happy. But happiness, as, as our world thinks about it, happiness is, is more of an emotion, isn't it? It's more about how you feel. Happiness then comes and goes. It, it's something that sometimes you feel if things seem to be going well, if you're healthy, if things are going well at work or at school or in your family, then you feel happy if, if you've got those things that you love, a great hobby, and you can, you can enjoy that, you feel happy. But then when those things are taken away, you don't feel happy. Right? Happiness is fickle. It comes and goes. Uh, but I think it's true. Everyone does seek that. But what we have, again, is so much greater. We have the possibility of joy in Christ. 
so much richer and deeper than the fleeting emotion of happiness, is to have joy in Christ. Now, there's a word here that Paul uses in verse 5, reasonableness. Maybe you wonder why that's even there. It might, it might seem a little bit random in this text. You know, the overarching thought here is to rejoice, and then we've got all these wonderful reasons why we should rejoice. You can actually translate that word as uh, kindness or uh, even gentleness. That would be a, a legitimate way to take that. The reasonableness is fine too. I mean, what the basic thought here is that uh, you should be able to show in your life that you are not the kind of person who uh, becomes self-obsessed and, and consumed with uh, essentially getting what you want, right? Uh, it's, it's really the opposite of joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and it is the danger that we all face in life when things don't go the way we want, right? Is, is that because we're so kind of turned in on ourselves and focused on ourselves, uh, we can become harsh, unkind, we can become unreasonable. We, it's because we're, we're really uh, we're, we're seeking um, happiness or joy in sources that will never provide it. We're, we're seeking it in how things are going for ourselves. And, and we'll find often that we don't have that. And it's very easy for us, I think, to become harsh, to become unkind, to become unloving. Uh, you're so gripped with with uh, things going the way you want, right? Do you feel that ever in your own life, uh, the, the times where you're the most likely to snap out at someone, uh, to snap at them, to be, to be angry with them, unkind with them, is when you're facing a difficulty, right? Something that um, is not going the way that you desire. And, and so that's the, the link here. Uh, that's really the opposite of joy in Christ is unreasonableness or unkindness or, or harshness. And the grounds, the, the reason for finding joy is that the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near to us, always. Whenever we need him, he's always near. I think Paul actually means this in probably in a double sense here, a double meaning uh, of the, the idea that the Lord is at hand. Because that could mean the Lord is at hand right now. Do you need him? Or, or are you struggling? Is there something that's going on in your life and you need the Lord? Well, he is near. He's at hand. He's always there for you, ready to bring help to you, to bring comfort to you when you need it. But there's also another sense in which the Lord is near. The Lord is near in the ultimate sense too. As much as it might seem like life will go on forever, we know that the Lord is, is coming back soon. If he doesn't come back soon, if we don't see him face to face in that way, in his return, we're all going to stand before the Lord very soon, one way or another. We're going to see him face to face very, very soon. And, and here, that's meant to be a source of great joy for us, not fear, not anxiety, but actually joy is to know that it's just a short period of time and, and, and things are going to be right. They're going to be made well. All will be well. You know, I think about uh, what it's like to be a child. You know, there's some, some kids here. Kids, have you ever been afraid at night? 
You ever had a time where you called out to your parents? You were, you were afraid in the dark. I know for those of you who are older, uh, for adults, I know that you've gone through that as well, right? Maybe you remember that, being a child, and, and you're fearful at night. And so what, what do you do when you're a kid and you're afraid? Well, you call out, Mommy, Daddy, help. <laughs> you, you call out, and your mom or your dad, they come in, and they, what do they say to you? They say, don't worry, I'm here. Don't worry, I'm, I'm just in the other room. There's nothing to worry about. I'm, I'm nearby. I, I'm there for you, Ed, and just go to sleep, and everything will be fine. Right? They, they say that now. And let's say the child's like, well, okay, but something could still happen to me. They say, okay, well, you know, if that's not, if that's not enough to comfort you, just know that if you just close your eyes and you go to sleep, You'll wake up in the morning, and the light will be there, and there'll be nothing to worry about. Everything will be better. Just in a blink of an eye, it will all be made better. And that's, that's really what Paul is saying to us here. Um, that's what the, the Lord is saying to us. I'm there for you. I'm, I'm here right now with you whenever you need me. And even if you're going through great troubles, and if that's not enough comfort for you, it's only a short time until you see me face to face. And, and, and he'll wipe away every tear from our eye. We, we'll see him. And in the radiance of his glory and, and the joy of knowing Christ without sin getting in the way, without any troubles, that will be ours. You know, and that's the, the comfort that, the Paul, that Paul is, is giving to us as God's people here. The Lord is near. He's there for you when you need him. And... He will be coming back for you soon to make everything right. You know, if that's not enough, and, and it doesn't even seem to be enough for Paul here, he, he also says it's not just to know that the Lord is near. Our second point is that the Lord's ear is open at all times to us. If you, if you want to find true joy that can't be taken away from you, that, that doesn't come and go, he says just remember that the Lord is near to you and he proves that to you by having an open ear. When you have worries, when you have troubles, when you have anxieties, and we all do in all these different ways, Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, God doesn't need you to pray. God knows all things. Not only does he know all things, but he knows all things perfectly. He knows everything that has ever happened, is happening, and will happen in every possible connection, in every implication of everything that could ever happen. There's nothing that catches him off guard. There's nothing about your life that he doesn't know perfectly. There's nothing about your life that you can inform him of there's nothing that can catch him off guard, that can surprise him. There's no knowledge that he needs from us. That's not what prayer is about. You know, the purpose of prayer is not to inform God of the troubles that we're facing because he didn't know. The purpose of prayer is for our sake. Right? It's for us to know that we always have the ear of God. And that he is always ready and willing 
to hear our prayers and to answer our prayers. Now, of course, this requires us to walk by faith, to trust that the Lord is good in all of his ways because he often answers our prayers in ways that are very different than we ask them, right? He often answers them in ways that we could never have understood at the time. And sometimes it feels like the Lord isn't listening because we're not receiving what we ask. And then we, we don't even learn maybe for years down the line what the Lord was doing in our life and how he was answering that prayer. Now, often it's going to be the case that we're not really going to understand how the Lord heard our prayer and answered our prayer until we see Christ face to face, and then we'll know. But we do know that he's good in all these times and that he is ready to hear our prayer and to answer those prayers. He's making a promise here. Don't be anxious. Simply pray And when you've made your request known to God, he will give you peace. Peace that will transcend your ability to understand. That's a promise from God. And so much of our our trouble, so much of our anxiety in life is just because we hold it in. We keep it in. We're fearful about the future. We're fearful about our lives. Uh, We're struggling to understand what's happening. And so we we just dwell on it. We think we can somehow sort it out in our own minds. We can figure it out. And we don't uh, come to the Lord and just give it up to him. Cast your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. The, the only way to find true joy in this life, joy that's unshakable, joy that can't be taken away from you, is to take your anxieties to the Lord in prayer. And so if, if you're not, if you find yourself in, in, a, in a season of life where, where you're prayerless or, or you're just, you feel like you're not really praying as you should, you're missing out on really the only way to find deep and abiding joy in Christ. You're missing out on the very means that God has given you to find actual joy in life, joy that's much greater than happiness, joy that's not something that can just be taken away from you, that just comes and goes with your feelings of the day. And so we we might feel guilty about not praying, but here, I want to hold out to you the joy that you're missing out on, the, the, the rejoicing that could be yours if instead of being anxious, You would simply speak those anxieties to the Lord and leave them with him and know that he will always do what is right. He will always do what is good. He will always do what will bring blessing to you. He never makes a mistake. He never forgets. He never leaves anything out that you need. There's no way to deal with anxiety as as a believer apart from that. Um, and, and, and our lives often are full of anxiety. Worry is a kind of respectable sin. I, I think it's, it's one of those sins, right? We know that it's wrong to hate someone. We know that it's wrong to steal. We know that it's wrong to have lust in our hearts, right? But to worry, right? Our world doesn't think worry is 
wrong. It, it, it doesn't see worry as a sin. In fact, I think a lot of people think you're not a responsible human being unless you're anxious, unless you're worrying about things. I've seen this quite a bit uh, with, with regard to uh, COVID, right? The, the world says, if you're not worried, you are uh, putting yourself and your family and your community and your world in danger, Right? And, and I'm, not, I'm not here to, to speak about all the various things that we could talk about with, with COVID, just simply that. Right? The world says, you should worry. And it gives us a million reasons a day to worry about COVID or about our economy or about um, you know, some of the, the strife that we see in our society. Right? And if we're just constantly feeding ourselves with a diet of you know, social media or, or regular media, whatever it is, they're going to tell you over and over and over, worry, worry, worry. Worry gets clicks online. Uh, worry gets viewers, right? And, and worry and anxiety uh, can consume us if, if that's the way we go. And, it, and it's not really, it doesn't seem so bad, does it? It doesn't seem like those other sins. But it's so important for us to see that anxiety and that worry actually is a sin, something that we have to deal with in our own hearts that we need to repent of. There's, a, there's one commentator. He put it really well. He says, worry can be the delayed symptom of a practical atheism that grows from persistent neglect of prayer and an addictive belief in our own self-sufficiency. I don't think I could really put it better than that. Prayer, or worry rather, is this delayed symptom of a practical atheism, right? It's not to say that you're an atheist. It's not to say that you're an unbeliever. It's just saying, practically speaking, um, it's so easy for us to slip into that on a day-to-day -day basis, to basically live like an atheist where uh, we are, instead of praying, instead of coming to the Lord and finding the very uh, joy that we could have to deal with this anxiety, uh, we, just, uh, we just go about our business in this kind of self-sufficiency, right? We think, I, I can figure it out. I can take care of everything. I can deal with life. And what happens is we're just consumed with worry rather than actually dealing with life. Worry is, is a respectable sin. It's a sin that our world doesn't even really say is wrong. You know, there is plenty to worry about if we, we allow ourselves to. COVID, the economy, um, the, 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 the tensions in our nation, um, the, the, the things that are happening all over the world uh, among nations. Like, there's plenty to worry about if we let ourselves. And, and we will have plenty of uh, maybe excuses from the world to, to indulge that. But we do have to deal with this. God knows what we need. God knows exactly what we need. And so he calls us to just come to him, bring those anxieties to him, and leave it with him. Right? And he calls us to do that with thanksgiving as well, and that's vital here, right? is, is to be thankful. Not just to be prayerful, not just to bring your request to the Lord, but always to do it with thanksgiving. Right? Make a habit of giving thanks as often as you can. Start with the smallest things you can think about. Give thanks for the fact that you have somewhere to live, that you have clothes to wear, that you have food to eat, that you have families that love you, that you have a church body that loves you. Uh, just start from the bottom and work your, your way up. Uh, find a way to give thanks for the little things, 
as small as they are, and for the big things, all the way up, constantly, be giving thanks. Thanksgiving is the antidote to worry. It's really the, the, the only antidote to worry, right? It's, it's really the opposite of that self-sufficiency, that practical atheism. It's constantly giving thanks to God, uh, confessing to him that you are a creature, that he's in control, you're not in control. You can't even be in control of your own life as much as you might try. You're a creature. Every good thing that will come to you, that has come to you, that can come to you, comes to you as a gift from the Lord. It doesn't come to you no matter how clever you are, no matter how good you are at your job, no matter how intelligent you are, how skilled in some craft that you are, whatever it is, every good thing comes to us as a gift from the Lord. All of those things that I just mentioned even are gifts from the Lord. And all of these, these good things in life, all good things in life come to us as a gift from the Lord. And if we would make a, a practice of giving thanks, always giving thanks at all, at all times, I think we would find that thanksgiving will actually transform us itself. It will, it will work humility in our lives you know, because we, we're confessing, I'm a creature. I, I have everything from the Lord as a gift. Thanksgiving will, uh, will work that opposite of self-sufficiency in us if, we, if we'll just make a, a practice of giving thanks. Now, the opposite is just as true, right? Paul, in Romans chapter 1, he actually puts a lack of thanksgiving at the very pinnacle of a kind of downward spiral into sin and rebellion, all the way to the point of idolatry. And it all starts, interestingly, with a lack of thanksgiving. He says, because, because creatures, uh, sinful creatures who are alienated from God, because they refuse to give thanks, their sinful hearts and minds become darkened. And the end result of that is actually to become an idolater. That's for those who are outside of Christ, but even for us who are in Christ, who are, who are believers. Uh, we can be so easily tempted to, uh, to not give thanks. We can just forget, maybe, even to give thanks. And uh, as, insofar as we don't give thanks, the, 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 the same downward spiral, in a sense, is going to happen for us, right, is that we forget about the Lord. We forget about all of those kindnesses from him. I would just very strongly urge you this morning to, to give thanks at all times, in all circumstances. Thanksgiving, I believe, will guard your hearts against um, grumbling. It will guard your heart against self-sufficiency, even against anxiety. And Paul's, Paul's third point, or at least the, the third point I want to look at this morning with you, is that when we do this, when we realize that the Lord is near in his, his loving kindness to us in Christ, when we realize that we have always the open ear of the Lord, we will find a peace that comes to us in Christ, which, as Paul says, surpasses all understanding. And it's a peace which will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Perhaps this is the greatest difference between the believer and the world, always, but we can see that uh, particularly today when there are just so many sources for anxiety. 
so many reasons to fear is that we have for us uh, possible in Christ this peace which is, which is a gift from the Lord, which is our birthright even in Christ, is to have this peace which is beyond our ability to even understand, which is an amazing thing to say. You know, Paul is, is well aware of all of the anxieties that believers face. Paul may be even supremely so. When you, you read about those lists of things that happened to Paul, all of the, the, the really horrible things, right, being beaten nearly to death, Several times, being shipwrecked, being without clothes, without food, all these things that, that happened to Paul in his ministry as he's serving the Lord, um, it was very intense for him, right? And uh, all of those things would, would certainly be reasons to be fearful and reasons to be full of anxiety. And yet in the midst of all of that, Paul will he'll say all the time, you know, I, f- I found the secret of contentment, as he says later in Philippians, I found the secret of contentment in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has found a peace that is above his ability to even understand. And that's what's held out for us, brothers and sisters. That's what's ours in Christ, is a peace that is above our ability to understand. Right? When things happen to you and they're difficult and you don't understand what's going on, Right? When things are happening out in the world, that might be reasons for you to be fearful. You don't have to be able to figure it out. You don't have to be able to understand before you have this peace. It is something that surpasses all understanding. It surpasses all thought. It's yours in Christ whether or not you can figure things out. I think that's one of the sources of anxiety, isn't it, so often? is It's hard to figure out what's happening to me. Like, why is the Lord allowing these things to happen? Uh, why is life the way it is right now? Uh, why is our, our nation uh, in so much trouble? Why is there this sickness that uh, we can't seem to figure out? All these things. Uh, why did I lose my job? Why am I having trouble at work? Whatever it is. And you feel fearful and you think, uh, if I could figure it out, then the anxiety would go away. And that's not what happens, is it? It's the exact opposite. The, the, the more you try to figure it out, the more you <laughs> search online, if you're, you're that sort of person, right, to, to figure out uh, your health ailments. Don't you, you know that? If you've ever been uh, like that, if you're that kind of person, you get sick and, and you try to figure it out online and you just become more and more anxious as you read more and more about your sickness, right? Um, you think knowledge will be the key, and yet it's not. This is a peace that surpasses knowledge, and it's ours in Christ, and only in Christ. Paul even says that it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I love that twofold distinction there. It will guard your hearts and your minds. The heart is the center of your, your, your being. It's, it's the center of your feeling, your emotion as a Christian. And often that's what it is, right? It's anxiety that you feel. It just makes you feel ill, doesn't it? And this is, this is the gift of the Lord to us in Christ, is that even our hearts could have that burden taken off, that burden of anxiety. And also our minds. Maybe you're like me. I, I tend to get stuck 
in a kind of feedback loop almost when I'm feeling anxious, when, I, when I'm facing difficulties in life. I just kind of get stuck and you just go over and over and over trying to figure it out. Maybe you're like that. Um, and, and your mind is the problem. And, and here Paul is saying, this peace is yours. It's held out to you in Christ to guard even your mind so that you would not be uh, full of this anxiety, so that you would be capable then of rejoicing instead of being anxious, of finding deep and true and abiding joy in Christ. Now, this joy is not, um, it's not optional for the Christian life. You notice that Paul is not saying here, this is a kind of added extra for the, those who are super holy, right? That it'd be good if you could find this joy. It'd be nice if you could find this. If some of you happen to, to really be able to, to do this, that's a great thing. He doesn't say that. He, he, he says, well, you can find joy, but it's more than that, right? You must find joy. That's what Paul actually says. He says rejoice. It's a command. But he gives us the, the, the way to finding that joy. He doesn't just say, don't worry, be happy. He shows us the path to true joy. And that, as, as we draw to a close, is, is what I want to leave you with again, just to kind of remind you of what we've seen, the path to true joy. This is a joy that is only for those who are in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. This is a supernatural work. This is not something that you can work within your own heart. This is not something that you can cause to bubble up within yourself. This is the supernatural work of God in each and every one of us. And it only can come to us in Christ. This is a joy that the world can never know. It's not possible for them. The best that they can ever come up with is, don't worry, be happy. And they have no reason to not worry, and they have no reason to be happy because they don't know the, the true source of joy, the Lord Jesus Christ, right? You have every reason, brothers and sisters, to rejoice in the Lord. Your deepest need has already been met in the Lord Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of your sins, the washing away of your sin and defilement in the blood of Jesus Christ, that is our deepest need, and that has already been met in him. Our ultimate destiny, we know it's, it's secure. The Lord is near. Right? We will be saved in the end, and all will be made well. In the meantime, we have this promise that God will guard our hearts and our minds, that he will give us peace that surpasses all knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a promise that is not just something that could be true for you, may be true. That's a promise from God. So I would, I would leave you with this. Take the plunge. You know, jump off that cliff of trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and give up your anxiety. Give it up. Let it go. And, and, and take the plunge off the cliff, the plunge of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that he will deal with your anxieties for you. The God of peace will, as the hymn says, sanctify to you your deepest distresses. Don't worry. 
Be joyful. Pray. Take God at his word. Leave your life and your anxieties in his hands. He promises to be with you through it all. Let's pray. Our most merciful and gracious Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your word, so thankful for the grace that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, that in all of our troubles, he is near to us, that we find a grace that is sufficient, we find a grace that washes us clean of all of our sin, we find a Savior who loves us and who gave himself for us, who offers us peace. Pray that you would give all of us the grace this morning to truly trust in him and to truly give up our anxieties to come back to you in prayer and to find grace that is ever-present in all time of need. I pray this in Christ's most precious name. Amen.